just on the same note is the way I feel um, the fulfillment it gives me mm-hmm. not only as a person, but as a mom, like to be able to feed my girls, like home cooked meals. Um, and I feel like I haven't had this time, you know, that I'm actually pulling away a little bit from the restaurant to mm-hmm. make time for my girls and to um, create home cooked meals. And it's, I don't know. It's like, um, it's spiritual, yeah. you know, just that process of giving them something that is coming from, you know, my mind and my heart. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's just a great sense of fulfillment, you know, same with the restaurant, you know, the ability to create something in your head and, you know, whether it come from like reading a cookbook or eating it at a friend's house or at a restaurant and wanting that same experience again and then having the ability to recreate it. Hi, I'm Nisa. And I'm Tabari. The husband and wife duo behind Ginger and Kara Productions. A creative agency telling captivating stories about food and culture. Food is life. It's history, culture, it's nourishment. But most importantly, it's delicious. In this podcast, we're cutting up with our friends in the industry who feel the same way. So join us for the most epic conversation about food you're going to hear today. Okay, hola, hola, hola. Okay, really quick, I just want to let y'all know that Ginger and Care Productions is accepting photography and videography clients. So if you have an epic food story that you want to tell for your brand, your restaurants, your platform, then go to gingerandcarrot.com, fill out that intake form, and let's get started. Let's start the conversation. So I cannot wait to hear from you. All right, back to the episode. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of Picture Your Authenticity. Here we have a very special guest, one of my favorite people in the city, Chef Lenora Mawani, and she is a chef owner of Barsha Wine in Manhattan Beach and the restaurant in Hermosa Beach. So she loves beaches, as you can tell. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she runs it with her husband. Um, She's a mom. She's an amazing chef. She she does it all. She's a great spirit. She's a poet. All day. So, Lenora, how are you today? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be on and to, to hang out. I feel like I'm hanging out with old friends. Yay. Yay. Yeah. yeah, that's something we really enjoyed when we were doing the, the features for Juneteenth and we found chefs and um, you're the first one of the people we like talked to and gave us some great recommendations. And we remember we went, did the shoot and everything and then sat down for like an hour or so and just like talked and caught up and didn't want to leave. <laughs> that was so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we really have to be more transparent about that. It's like, oh, and after the photo shoot, we're going to hang out. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Like, we give us up the time. So, like, if you want to hang out, we can hang out. But sometimes people have other stuff to do. And it's like, let's hang out. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's always. It just happened all organically. It was just good conversation. Yeah. Good food. Because when you love food as much as we do, you find people who love food. It's like, we have to talk about everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, one of the things that we had when we, had, we went to your restaurant at that time, it was you did biscuits and you had fried chicken. And 
right now I am currently in my baker <laughs> phase uh-huh. and I have, a season. yeah I, I started because I had this craving for biscuits like I woke up one day like oh I want two biscuits <laughs> and there was this book um I think Bernard Clayton is his name a uh, big book of all these different breads about this thick okay. about two inches thick and I started there make biscuits and then just made it like four or five times the book you got me for my birthday black food by Bryant Terry there's another recipe on there. It's only like baked good in there. And they tripled the butter. And I was like, this Ooh, is the difference. Uh, <laughs> I could literally taste the difference. Like oh, when, yeah. we, like, when, milk, when yeah. you made the biscuit before, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, cool. This is great. Biscuit. Wow. Then when you made the other biscuit, mm-hmm. I was like, I think we know what happened. Uh-huh. <laughs> was it um was it flakier? It just had so much more flavor. Okay. Yeah. So much more flavor. Like, what I kept doing in the beginning is I realized you have to. I don't have a cutter yet, so I've been using like the top of a <laughs> cocktail shaker. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. And Whatever. they also talk about how you don't, you shouldn't twist it because it seals it off and all these little things. Um, but the biggest part for me was I kept keeping them really thin, like a half inch to an inch thin, and they don't rise a lot. They don't double in size when you cook them because there's not really, it's not a lot of leaven there in there. So. I was like, I want like a bigger biscuit. They tasted good still. But once I, I think one day I was just like, whatever, I would make it big. I don't want to make a couple of them. I, like, I would cut all the recipes in half. So I just try them out. Uh-huh. And, the, and then once I realized you got to make it tall, I was like, mm-hmm. it's a secret. You got to make it tall. I was like, oh. yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> and that was, like, which, uh, which recipe was that? Uh, there's two recipes. The first recipe, I think his name is Bernard Clayton. It's like the big book of breads, something like that. There's a bunch of like, and they have, I think they have like flatbreads and what wheat breads and white breads and all this other stuff in there, like sourdough and rye. And then the recipe that gave me the extra tips made it better was the book Black Food um, by Bryant Terry. And that book goes a lot into the history of the food and it, there's a lot of like poems in there. It's, it's a cookbook like on steroids, you know, it's a, like a cultural cookbook. Of course we do black stuff. We got to talk about the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. gotta, like, so it was the first recipe in the book is like my mother's biscuits or some, something like that. And it had some more tips in there and um, yeah, it was great. I was like, this is amazing. I made other bread from the other bread book and it turned out really well. I made an Amish bread that okay. you really like. It was really good. And we're still eating on right now. So I'm enjoying this process. <laughs> and where's my invitation? <laughs> we need to honestly, yeah. I was just saying, I was like, we need to have like a dinner party. This is what we've been talking about a lot. Is having a dinner party. I was like, we know people now. We yeah. know at least seven people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can invite all of them. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you ask? I have some interest. And that was, you know what I mean? It's like, let's, let's people, people are asking. Yeah. Yeah. The streets <laughs> is calling for it. That'd be amazing. I'm in. Okay, bet. All right. I'm going to cook for a chef. Oh, okay. <laughs> we, can we can have a biscuit competition. Oh, that, let's go. I'm ready. Right. It will be blind, of course. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be so cool. Okay. I'm excited and nervous. <laughs> I always I have this end joke that I was like, if we ever had, if I ever did a pop-up, mm-hmm. it would be like 
it would be capped off at 10 people in their restaurant and it would be called no critic <laughs> and you had to pay in advance and you weren't allowed to like complain yeah. and you're going to get what you get. <laughs> that would be the entire concept. <laughs> yeah. So what's your, do you want to share your biscuit recipe or is that secret? Um, I mean, if I tell you, I'll just have to get rid of you. But, um, uh, well, we don't want that. That's fine. It's, it's, it's cool. I'll just start Maybe one day it'll be worth it. Uh, one day. <laughs> I'll, I'll unleash it. I'll unleash okay, it. One day. Would you ever consider I, doing a cookbook one day? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, working on it little by little. Um, yeah. It's a lot, you know. It yeah. is. It's like creating uh, recipes for the restaurant is different mm -hmm. from creating recipes for the home cook. Yeah. Yeah. Some of this repeatable, some of this not like cook till done. <laughs> 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 Add salt. <laughs> yeah. Just the um, equipment, um, you know, the, the measuring like utensils, we use hotel pans and we don't have those at home. So it's just, you know, you have to kind of recreate a new recipe based on what you have at home. So it's fun. It's just a different mindset. For those who don't know, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and what's going on with you and how you started your restaurants and whatnot? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's see. I've been cooking for almost 20 years. Mm -hmm. Um, I went to culinary school in LA Tri Tech. Mm -hmm. And um let's see, the reason I went to culinary school, it was ironic. Mm -hmm. Um so in high school I had to choose a trade because of my religion. You know, my mm -hmm. religion wanted me to focus on the trade instead of like going to university and furthering my education in that way. So I was taking a home ec class in high school, my last year of high school, and I was blown away. I mean, yeah. the things I learned were so simple, but, you know, just one example was like fried rice. Like I learned how to make fried rice from scratch. Mm -hmm. And when I tasted it, I was like, wow, I need this. So I brought the recipe home for my family and it just consisted of my brother and my mother. Mm -hmm. And they were blown away. And I was like, okay, like this, is <laughs> like to have, you know, still as a, I think I was like maybe 17, but like to know that I had the ability to bring a smile on the faces of the people I love the most. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it was at that moment where I'm like, I got to continue this. Like yeah. I got to, you know, bring more smiles to the faces and, you know, just having the ability to also just make it for yourself. Mm. To have the knowledge to, you know, to create something that you're inspired by. And to keep on, you know, trial and error. You're going to get it wrong a lot of times. But to keep <laughs> persevering nonetheless um, mm. until you get it right. I think that's the beauty of it. So uh, I went to culinary school. And then mm -hmm. I just worked at different hotels and restaurants throughout LA. And then I landed in Vegas because I wanted to just 
changed my environment and pursue my career. Worked at really great restaurants there. And that's actually where I met Adnan, my husband. Mm-hmm. And Woo. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Vegas. <laughs> um, yeah. And it was actually over spinach. Spinach yeah. connected us. I love the story. Yeah. <laughs> Tell the story. Tell the story. Spinach. All right. Mm-hmm. So uh so Adnan and I we met during orientation because we both got hired at Caesar's Palace. Um, and so I remember him, he was at the loudest table and they laughed the most. And I was sick during orientation. So I was like, I was kind of annoyed. <laughs> like, you know what? Okay. I like that table. They're, they're fun. And so he was like, he was at that table and, and, you know, just little things you remember about your partner, you know, like, okay, he, he was very cordial, very, very nice. And um, so anyways, we met each other there. So a year later, um, at the restaurant, the French restaurant I was working at, I realized that we were going to have more covers than we expected, covers meaning customers. And we were short on spinach. So the great thing about working at a hotel in Vegas is that instead of going to Ralph's, you can go next door. Yeah. <laughs> you can create an account. You could borrow, you know, you could check out, you know, whatever you need, produce or. Mm-hmm. And so I went to like seven, maybe seven or eight different restaurants looking for spinach. So they mm-hmm. either had crappy spinach mm-hmm. or no spinach. <laughs> How do you tell somebody the spinach they have to offer is not good enough? I know. I felt bad turning down. Yeah, I felt bad. But, you know, for this particular restaurant, it had to be just pristine spinach. Mm-hmm. So I remembered Adnan from Orientation, the loudest table, was like, you know what? He works at the 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 main kitchen so he was the last kitchen I came to and he walks out with this like super tall hat and I feel mm-hmm. like you know slow motion like you know he's walking out and I'm like he's my last resort and so I was like do you remember me <laughs> and um, he's like of course and so he you know he takes me into his kitchen and he sees how stressed I am he you know tries mm-hmm. to offer me a cappuccino with his charm and like no I need spinach now (laughs) and so he takes me into his Mm walk-in and uh, lo and behold it's honestly like the most beautiful spinach I've ever seen the book has to start (laughs) with this story (laughs) literally my imagination keeps filling filling in the details like and then we went into the walk-in and like Shonda rhymes and he is like and then we made out (laughs) but like it's actually even better because literally like you know the trend of people being like sex is great but have you ever had this and it was like basically like a full night's sleep (laughs) Yeah. 
And so, yeah. And so he, he gave me his spinach and, and then, so he saved my career. <laughs> he saved my life. <laughs> Single-handedly. <laughs> and so that was actually his last week. So he put in his notice uh, a couple of weeks ago. And um, yeah, I mean, spinach is what connected us. So if I didn't, I feel like if I didn't come at that time, um, we probably wouldn't cross paths and he probably would have left. And, you know, so it's, I don't know, just like the intersections in life really amaze mm-hmm. me because I wouldn't be here talking to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have Varsha. So thank you, Spinach. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Yeah. Oh my that, goodness. That's real. To go back to what you were um, talking about earlier about how you got started in cooking and then a through line of um, your husband with the, with the spinach, there's besides chef being creatives and having a passion for food, the through line that I always see with chefs is that generosity. Mm. There's like, at least with, like I've been talking to all the chefs, I'm sure like there's people out here who are not generous, but and maybe go for more ego, but the chefs that I have talked to, that we have talked to in the last like, couple of months or year, there's this big through line of generosity, you know? And it's like, you made that meal for your family and you wanted to keep doing that. You wanted to keep giving to them, you wanted to keep giving them more smiles. And of course it feels good to do that, but it's that, he wouldn't do that. And it's like part of me making the biscuits and the bread I'm doing is like, I want to be able to have biscuits for the next like family outing. I want to next time I go home to my family, I'm like these biscuits for y'all, <laughs> they go crazy. Yeah. And I love your reaction whenever I cook a meal or that's how we started. Cause I wasn't really big into, I wasn't really cooking like that when, when we met. I think you just like literally picked up cooking because you knew that you had to. <laughs> I just wanted to, I wanted to impress you and I wanted to, <laughs> to try oh, it out too. So sweet. And then I had a lot on my hands. Say again? No, it's sweet. Yeah. And then I had, it was during a pandemic and for the first time I had time and no, no strain, no, no, no shame, like no stress. Cause it was, had had the unemployment and then I couldn't really do anything. Like the world was like on pause. So mm-hmm. found myself to do in the house and that led to us eventually, you know, going to business together and everything. But I remember, I'll never forget that steak I made where, <laughs> yeah, they're on the side. And everybody's like, oh, salt is It'll fall off and whatnot. And then it did not fall off. It was so <laughs> It was cured steak. It was basically cured steak. Oh, you and ordered it. You ordered it or made it? No, I, no, I made it. I made it. From, oh. made it. Um, I've seasoned it and I put way too much salt. All the recipes (laughs) were like over salt because by the time you cook it, most of the seasoning will fall off. False. (laughs) (laughs) The internet is just full of false information. I was like, okay, I've never seen that done before. And then of course it was just like salt crusted steak. Mm -hmm. Like that's what it was. It was like inedible. Oh. Like you were saying too about you're going to get it wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? My line right now is that if I can eat it, it's not a failure. So, because it was that. And then the other one I remember is I made that peanut sauce. Oh I want to talk about the peanut sauce. <laughs> peanut sauce is, is forever haunts me. I wake up middle of the night like, <laughs> I couldn't eat it. I couldn't eat it. I didn't have all the ingredients, but. That was know, really the issue. We didn't have all the ingredients. I didn't want cooking. I was like, I'll take a break from cooking. This is not my call. Yeah. I think that's what stops a lot of people from mm-hmm. cooking is like, all of the failures that happen yeah. along the way, I guess with anything, but 
I don't know. I'm just so motivated by having access to like cool things to eat throughout the week because I get bored real fast when it comes to food. Mm -hmm. And I just can't like, I think that's why meal prep doesn't work for me because what it turned into is me making eight different meals. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I don't think this is meal prep. I mean, it is. I don't think this was the intended outcome. You know, the fancy ones will swap out the carb. I was over here maybe on Monday, we're having this. (laughs) I can't do this. I mean, that's commendable. You did that all within a day? like I did it all within a day. It took all day. But, and I, it wasn't sustainable. Yeah. It wasn't sustainable. And there's something about cooking the same day that I eat yeah. that I really like. Mm-hmm. like. I feel like my dream is to have the type of schedule where I can finish work in time to cook dinner mm-hmm. without having to rush. Mm-hmm. And really, like, the future future would be is if I could go to, like, a farmer's market or, like, a really high-quality market, mm-hmm. get the ingredients, and then cook it and, like, not have to do this weekly haul. Because yeah. even something like that feels like it's, like, all these little micro decisions about our lives are mm-hmm. centered around the fact that work comes before everything. Mm-hmm. Like, the reason why we don't go to the grocery store every day is because we have to work. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, I feel like I would go every two, three days if my schedule allowed or if we, or if there was like less urgency on things. Right. I feel you. Yeah. Well, I mean, just on the same note is the way I feel, um, the fulfillment it gives me Mm -hmm. not only as a person, but as a mom, like to be able to feed my girls, like home cooked meals, Um, and I feel like I haven't had this time, you know, that I'm actually pulling away a little bit from the restaurant to Mm -hmm. make time for my girls and to, um, create home cooked meals. And it's, I don't know, it's like, um, it's spiritual, you know, just that process of giving them something that is coming from, you know, my mind and my heart. And, um, yeah, it's just a great sense of fulfillment, you know, same with the restaurant, you know, the ability to create something in your head and, you know, whether it come from like reading a cookbook or eating it at a friend's house or at a restaurant and wanting that same experience again, and then having the ability to recreate it. Um, I love that. So. Yeah. What was another moment? I it's like, what would you say the transition was like between running a kitchen in this commercial space and running your personal kitchen? Because mm-hmm. I feel like both of those <laughs> scenarios would be like holding my breath the entire time. <laughs> but I would love to hear from you, like, what that transition has been like, or just the difference or the similarities. I guess for you, yeah. I would say, I mean, it's definitely, you know, honestly, like my own personal kitchen, I'm not as um, as planned out <laughs> as I am, you know, with the restaurant. You know, you have to be a little more systematic 
and mm-hmm. um, you had to have a great team. You know, this the the team that I have at Barsha is allowing me this opportunity to focus more on my home kitchen and my family. Um, but I would say like, there's different sides of myself. Like I have this mm-hmm. very, I don't want to say type A cause I'm not that, but like, you know, just like orderly and yeah. um, systematic when it comes to the restaurant and developing like recipes and things like that. And then at home, it's more based on inspiration and not, not, not that. That more, uh, the free spirited side of myself. Yeah. You know? Um, I think it, I, I can be led by that. Mm. And, um, you know, based on like what's around me, you know, I'll have, you know, whether it be going to the farmer's market, getting a bunch of things and not knowing what I'm going to create, but knowing that I wanted those things in my home. And mm-hmm. then that'll lead me to create something, you know, um, and having like containers with um, different grains and, you know, just different spices kind of surrounding mm-hmm. me. I think um, I'm led more by that at home. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's still inspiration, high inspiration for, you know, both worlds. But, um, you know, I think more of my free-spirited side comes out in my home kitchen. Yeah. I really relate to that because yeah. I feel like whenever someone asks me, like, if I would ever be a chef, the answer is no, because the thing about it that I like is what you just described, which is that free-spiritedness. Like, I don't really have a plan, but I'm drawn to this ingredient or I'm Mm -hmm. drawn to like, even a person sometimes, like, Mm -hmm. I don't even know what is they're selling, but I'm just drawn to that person. And then you find out like, oh, they just, they have bell peppers. I'm like, now I'm just committed. So I'm Mm -hmm. just going to get whatever. Sometimes I make purchase decisions like that. And even the way we do photography, when we do personal work and we go on photo walks, it is dramatically different Mm -hmm. than Mm -hmm. our professional work. Like Mm -hmm. it's literally stylistically different. The process is different because you do have to have a repeatable process and doing for others is not the same as doing for yourself. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting. It's it's the one area I, there's a lot of people who are like, I don't want to monetize my hobbies. I don't believe in that. I think mm. that's the exact thing you should monetize. But this is the one thing that I do that I don't want to monetize. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I'm so protective over it. But like, yeah, it's it's that. I think it's fine. But that's literally that part of just being like, mm-hmm. it's like actually okay to kind of like frolic. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's a trust the found Dustin Flower. I do the same thing over and over again a couple of times just to try different stuff out and tweak certain things and uh-huh. change the oven to 50 different degrees and change stuff like that. And it's, as a creative, it's always, it's so important to find different ways to express that creativity mm-hmm. and to, and when it actually is, like when I get, I want everybody who sees my pictures to cry. I need everybody to do that because... <laughs> I want everybody to talk food to cry as well. <laughs> What's your favorite like reaction? Because I cooked, I went to my friends this last week, mm-hmm. went to Atlanta 
and I cooked like curry for them and <laughs> they like scarfed yeah. it down, like inhaled it. And granted, like I'm a slow cook too and a Caribbean cook. So I'll be like, oh yeah, 9.30. It was like 10.30 by the time. <laughs> they're just like, oh, oh. <laughs> and we all stopped talking for like 30 minutes. And then I looked up and like half the food was gone and we're like counting how many rotis everybody had. And it was like, well, I had two, I, you know, it's like that whole thing. And that's genuinely my favorite reaction is when people can't even like control themselves mm-hmm. with uh-huh. eating. And then they have to remind themselves like, oh, I need to slow down. Or I, need, I need to be more present. But yeah. what's your favorite reaction <laughs> to people eating your food? I would, I would say, um, just silence, mm. just kind of that, that energetic silence that like runs throughout the table. It's like this understanding that what I'm partaking is feeding my soul. Mm. Um, and then like, if, if I'm partaking in amazingness like if I'm eating an amazing dish I will be silent and then I will just nod my head like damn (laughs) (laughs) you know and especially like if you have like you know my husband if he's right there we'll just give each other this look like damn (laughs) (laughs) like this like this understanding of like it's it's a mixture of the ingredients um the freshness the the thought put into it mm-hmm. the love you know so you feel all of that most important the love <laughs> there's a chef ryan has this I'm gonna call it a quote now. I quote him all the time. <laughs> and I adopted this philosophy. He said, You're only as good as your last dish. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. You go, Chef Ryan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> amazing chef. Yeah. Amazing chef. We got the chance, the privilege to work with him for his cookbook. And we got to eat a lot of his, like, his whole, like, we got to taste everything that he is. That is him. All the stuff in the book. Got to taste all the desserts and all the appetizers, and all the stuff, yeah. and then the like the Creole ramen and everything. The like, it was Yakimin, Yakimin. Oh, I and I heard oh. that. And it's amazing. It's crazy. The, the Creole ramen. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Apparently, it's big in New Orleans, and people know about it over there. I never heard of it before. I didn't know that was even like a thing, and it was just stupid recipes, just stupid flavors. It's just, so funny because he was like, "Oh, it's for beginners." It's like, oh, I didn't hear. What was that? He said it's for beginners. <laughs> <laughs> There's lots of cappuccinos for beginners. <laughs> right. <laughs> but hey. So we'll you... see what beginners do. <laughs> <laughs> but he has sections for base. I'm gonna tell all of his secrets in the book. It's, yeah, it's like a spoiling the surprise. Yeah, so excited but, for Yeah, I that's all I want to do now. Anytime I talk to yourself, I'm like, you may to make a cookbook. <laughs> <laughs> That's like all I want to do now. And and we think about attraction, law of attraction, and meditation and whatnot, and how much we talked about doing a cookbook. Yeah. You know, it's like we weren't, it's not something we sell. We don't tell people we do cookbooks. 
we were doing the feature with him, uh, like we did with you for Juneteenth, and we were just talking, and he was like, y'all really love food, y'all really like, <laughs> really about it, we were like. Which I can't imagine a food photographer that doesn't love food. Mm -hmm. I feel like that goes without saying, but I guess I know what he's talking about. Yeah. It's like this, photographers have this thing sometimes where it is very transactional. Mm -hmm. And I guess because like we started later in mm -hmm. life, like we didn't just like start right out of college or right mm -hmm. out of ad school or something like that. Like it kind of has like a different meaning, like our value system are, is a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. There's no move the way we do, which we have this stuff like this podcast and we get to talk to people because that's because a lot of the work is so behind the scenes, like it's us, us at a desk reaching out and whatnot. And before that, it was like uh, that stuff is kind of away from the, the public. So we have to actively seek out the community and people to talk to. And we had a moment when we moved, we had a little while we moved, we were just feeling like nothing's working. We're in the house and I'm on this computer and nothing's working. I'm not talking to nobody. It's us. I'm working every day. All this, like I'm at the computer all day, every day of this weekend. Nothing's moving. And as soon as we step outside of the house and connect with people, Things mm -hmm. started to move and change. Yeah. And we'll never forget that. That's how we move now. That's like, I guess, too, it's like, of course, that's our experience. Like, mm -hmm. we know, like, we do this to connect with people. Like, the reason mm -hmm. why we do this type of content is because it brings people together, it mm -hmm. brings our us in front of people. And so, of course, every other process mm -hmm. in the relationship building piece is also rooted in that same way. It's like we don't have necessarily this like systematized operational sales process. It's just we basically completely depended on making friends yeah. and creating opportunities and celebrating other people and highlighting other people any way that we can. And I was like, it wouldn't surprise me at all if we just ended up being like a media company because like all we've been doing is like highlighting other people. Um, but at the same time, it's like, it's worked for us. And then when the people come in, it feels so aligned. Mm -hmm. It feels so aligned because it's like by the time, it's like the ultimate filter system for people who are, who want exactly the thing that we have to give not just like mm -hmm. in what we offer but how we approach it too mm -hmm. and I don't know any other way of doing that like it's I've read all the book like all of them I swear mm -hmm. to god and like none of them kind of like talk about mm -hmm. the relationship part and it's like mm -hmm. if it weren't for that reaction if it weren't for that silence if it weren't for the slurps and <laughs> all those moments like I don't think I would do it because that's what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. Like I cook something and I just stare at them and I'm like <laughs> listening and observing like, cause that's what it's for. Mm -hmm. Like It's not for me. Like I have to have that reciprocate. Mm -hmm. And I think as a creative in general, I'm always looking for that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. The slurps. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> like when they can't all the manners are out of the yeah. door they're crunchy on they're licking plates yeah. you know they're eating more than their share like, like, is there more left? I <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't care anymore if you're how it looks you know yeah. it's to ask you know to get seconds you're just like I gotta have more <laughs> exactly yeah I, I think I even 
cook differently when I'm cooking for you or cooking for us versus cooking for myself. And not, oh, that, I, 100%. not that I feed myself scraps or anything like that. You know what I mean? But it's like, because you were out of town last week. And so I was cooking for, it was just me I was cooking for for the whole week, which I haven't done since I started cooking seriously. And mm-hmm. definitely tried the bread and definitely just had small portions, but like had like leftovers and whatnot and trying stuff out. But I know when I cook for you, I'm like, pull out all the stuff. Yeah. And she used to roast me because I've kind of like you were talking earlier about at the restaurant, you're much more systemized and probably more organized and everything had a place. When I first started cooking at the house, it was, it was a, a tornado <laughs> in the kitchen. It was uh, dishes everywhere and stuff. And was, I was like, okay, stuff is here. And she's like, wow, it's going to clean. I'm like, we can do it together. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. So you're, yeah, I mean, one of the first things we learn in the kitchen is clean, clean as you go, which at first it's just like, it's grilled, it's drilled into your head. Mm. Like, oh gosh, like clean as you go. But then, you know, especially like when you're um, cooking at home, like you're by yourself, mm. you're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise <laughs> you'd be swimming in dishes but um yeah very wise cooking eating talking and then getting up at the end of it and being like all right let's clean the kitchen for us uh, <laughs> well technically the cook isn't supposed to do the dishes right mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> for anybody who lives there. <laughs> i've divorced myself from doing dishes <laughs> admittedly no i just take i take that part on um Felice, Felice can handle like other stuff in, for the house and for the business so we kind of trade that stuff off um yeah and it is much easier to kind of go go along and sometimes this addition is in the sink when i go to bed that's some, it's, sometimes it's what it is like it's my house is clean i'm clean like the dog's taking care of the bills yeah. it's like i'm <laughs> i was on a i was on a call with my folks earlier this year and i, I was showing them my place and my aunt was like, this is insane. I was like, I will cut the phone off, girl. I will cut this phone off. And she was, <laughs> I, I imagine in my home, it's like you treat me. And like, maybe she was joking, but I was like sensitive. I was like, she was not joking. I was like, <laughs> she doesn't joke. This is insane. I'm trying to get this, trying to get these leads. <laughs> I'm talking to Queen right now. I got to message 20 people today. No. <laughs> are you teaching your girls to cook or are they expressing interest? In the oh, thing? yeah. Yeah. My, yeah. Uh, yeah, my older one, baking. It's all about baking. Oh, yeah. I mean, excellent. just personally like sweets and, mm-hmm. and yeah, so that's her her thing but yeah they do help me in the kitchen put them to work mm-hmm. you know i think it's such a such an important skill mm-hmm. you know as a young one to mm-hmm. you know just know the basics and that's it you know you got a chef as a mom so you don't have to worry too much but <laughs> it's for you to know just you know to put mm-hmm. under your belt so i don't love that do you have you and your husband ever like bump heads in the kitchen where you're like, I'm cooking tonight. You, you're my sous chef tonight. Or is that, how's that work in the kitchen? Um, yeah, we have iron chef up in here. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I was imagining y'all with like a box. You just open it up and you're like, Oh, so, I mean, just like, like chop or something like that. <laughs> no, no, 
for the most part. It's like we dance with each other in the kitchen, you know? So it's like he'll be in charge of certain things. I'm in charge. I have my things. He has his things. And, you know, we'll just, we have an understanding. So for the most part, we're cool. So you're winning. That's what I I heard. What's that? For the most part. You're winning. She's like, we have an understanding. (laughs) We have an understanding. Just do as I say. (laughs) I was like, cool, heard. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes it is just nice to be just told what to do. It's like, but you have to, again, that it consents. Let me accept. Let me just step into it, and you can tell me what to do. And I'll just. I saw that post. I saw that post. It was like when I was a kid. I wanted to do what I wanted to yeah, do, and nobody nothing. tell me what to do. Now it's adult. I'm like, please give me a step by step in consequential order yeah. of what to do, please. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. <laughs> so relatable. <laughs> Yeah. So we have fun. We have fun in the kitchen. Yeah, that's beautiful. Wonder. Um, I guess do you cook for the family stuff like that too? Like, how's it around like holidays? Is it that you're like responsible for cooking everything, or you're like we're off the clock, y'all? You know, we wait till we're invited Mm -hmm. to other people's houses. That (laughs) is also my strategy. I try. I cooked for Thanksgiving one mm-hmm. year, and it went well. Don't get me wrong, but it was so stressful. <laughs> a lot. I didn't expect it to be what it was either. I was like, it was so stressful. It was just like all the little dietary things, yeah. and I did like Jamaican food, and uh-huh. so then the education piece, and then pointing out things that were bone in. It was just like my auntie came out that day she was like you don't want this well you don't eat tonight like, <laughs> right. i was like you eat yeah. now like literally it was just like i was like who am i why am i so aggressive yeah. it's i mean it's a lot it's a lot of work yeah, a lot. yeah yeah it's um I and mean, she was cooking for for my family because you really you really wanted to do it that yeah year. and we had the house and everything so she really wanted to do it and host everybody over there and I had to establish it was the power thing. Yeah, she had to do like a month or two in advance. And then they end up, then it was like a second dinner at my sister's house after that. I was like, oh, <laughs> it wasn't real. I gotta, they like, were making rounds. I was like, yeah, I was like, help me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but my friend Adam came through. He was like, oxtails? Oh. Right. Yeah. Then there were those people who like got thirds and fourths yeah. and yeah. we're just like i never get invited to thanksgiving wow mm-hmm. this is great and then there were people who were like hesitant whenever people are like hesitant mm-hmm. to try things that's when i like raise an eyebrow because i had like ackee and saltfish so of course people thought it was scrambled eggs oh, okay. like, <laughs> such an annoying little stereotype about ackee and saltfish like oh are these eggs i mean they like, look like scrambled eggs we did not know not yeah, if you did not know, <laughs> yeah, except for like the the whites of the egg, you know, yeah. they kind of like get theirs enough when you scramble eggs. But if you did not know, I'm not saying you should feel better or have you feel about it. But I'm like, <laughs> people sometimes they're like, of course, people say the first thing, they don't think they're offending you, they're just like, thanks. But I did it I'm once, like, I'm good, got yeah. out my system, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I was like, oh, yes, I'll tell them. But I mean, if you want to, I was like, okay, I'm going to be there anyway. <laughs> Thanksgiving at your, your place this year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was uh, last year? The year before. It was the year before, yeah. yeah. Last year we learned our lesson. Oh, okay. So are, are you hosting this this year? Oh, no, we're on the side of the country. Our family's, like, your family is in Connecticut. Yeah. And all of my family is, um, except for like my aunt and my cousin, everybody's in Atlanta. And I were trying to go back. If not then, my birthday's in December, so either there or my birthday. And it's the first Thanksgiving I'll miss. Because mm-hmm. again, born and raised there, spent the whole time there. And even when I wasn't really fucking with my family too much, and I was like on my own one night, I still came around for the holidays and whatnot. But like in my early 20s, I wasn't really around the family as much. And it was part of it was part trying trying to hide and trying to run away from the stresses of the uh, the family and then like explore my sexuality and not feeling safe around there and my political things I was trying out. So it was all the stuff that I was like, I didn't want to be around the family with that. Mm-hmm. And but I was still around the holidays and like my mom's birthday, my dad's birthday, come around and whatnot. And mm-hmm. so realizing like this is gonna be the first year that well, we like, haven't decided if we're going or not. Yeah, I know, but I'm like, if we don't, it'll be the first year that I'm, they're not there. We'll be eating stuff here. And it's like, damn. So I was kind of. I mean, we could do friend. We, I love. I, I would love to do a Friendsgiving. My I would love best that, Thanksgivings were Friendsgiving potlucks. Yeah, yeah. That's the way to do it. It really is. Because people, for one, it's like, now you're like, oh, I have to impress. I have this one dish. Yeah, exactly. Everyone does that. Mm-hmm. It's low stress. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'll do it right now. <laughs> you heard it here first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. Is it time, Jabari? Is it time? I think it's time. Is it early? Is it too it's early? It's time. Is it time? I think it might be early. We can, we can go. We can do. We can go. We'll get him being time conscious. I can't help it. Okay, it's yeah. time for bops. Bops. Bangers. Bangers. Or bust. Or bust. <laughs> bops. Eventually, this is going to be a, a jingle. That Eventually. Is, that, first of all, it is, that is a jingle. That's the intro. And <laughs> second of all, we have the air horns that come into post. So it's my air horns will be going off right about now. <laughs> no air horns? So, so, so run it to me again. So Bob Singers or Bust is our basically ranking game. So Banger is a 10 out of 10. A Bob is okay. It's mm-hmm. I can take it or leave it. And a bust is I hate it. Yeah. So the objective of the game is really to discover the things that we're ironically very <laughs> passionate about, even though it's so minute and mundane. Uh-huh. It's really fun. One of these days we're going to have it like trademarked because I feel like it's going to be a thing. Yeah. So, right, go first. Um, sure, I can go first. Um, Chef Lenore. Bops, bangers, or bus? Mayonnaise. Ooh. Um... I mean, I personally don't like mayo, but I like things that have mayo in it. That makes any sense. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what you consider that. Bob? Well, yeah. Take it and leave it. You're like, I like this part, but yeah. I have a good one. Okay. 
Bob's fingers are bust. Grilled cheese sandwiches. Banger. Banger. Especially with the tomato bisque. Yes. Oh, but it has to have good cheese as well. It has to have good cheese. What kind of cheese? Oh, good bread. I like provolone. Mm. You know what I realized way too late is that chefs are making grilled cheese differently than us. Mm-hmm. Y'all are using shredded cheese. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> I saw it once and I was like, no, maybe they're just drunk and like they're grabbing whatever's available. <laughs> After like the fifth time, I was yeah. like, Am I doing this wrong? Mm-hmm. I mean, shredded cheese melts easier, so it makes sense. Yeah, I think so. And then mm-hmm. let me see. Yeah, shredded cheese, and then we like at the restaurant because we have grilled cheese at the restaurant. We put it on both sides, so it's like double cheese. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's good with you know what's really good smoked white cheddar. Mm. I didn't even consider mm-hmm. putting it on both sides. I was like, how do you get the cheese? I think you might have just fucked the game up. Oh, yeah. You got to add a lot of butter, too. That's the butter. Do you ever add mayo to the grilled cheese sandwich instead of butter? Oh, I never tried that. That was it. I mean, I tried it once. It was really good. And one of the managers I used to work with at Empire Mm. State South, she was like, but the real ones know that (laughs) mayo is. Mm. And I was like. (laughs) <laughs> mayo, but apparently it just melts into the bread and it just makes it even more like kind of fatty and, okay. and it doesn't taste mayo-y. Yeah. It just replaces the butter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know. All right. I hope I get my feelings hurt. Boss bangers are bust. <laughs> go into the go into the movie theater. Um Bus. Damn, Tulare. It's the bus. I felt yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> what? So, okay. What about it makes it a bus for you? Um, I mean, it all depends what movie. But like, sit into like we always sit next to like the loudest people in the theater. Yeah. Like always. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. Bus. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I get how about, it. I, mean, how about you guys? I love going to the theater. I haven't been, been out here, I haven't been able to go, but I they have such a special place in my heart and big part of big film buff. And grew up my family with the, the Netflix DVD days, and my dad showing us martial arts films and whatnot. And I remember watching Star Wars on the cassette t- on the VHS tapes, and they felt like they were from a different world and whatnot. And as a, as a shared experience um, for me. And then it had a bigger part of my life around like 30 and a lot of huge life transitions. And going to, to see a film at the theater was one of those things that was like an easy way or like a, a quick way to show that I believed in myself. Like, oh, I saw this thing, I, I like it. I have to honor that part that I like something and cares about something, I have to like go pursue this. Mm-hmm. And that I do believe that it led to the passions that I have now and the drive that I have now. And 
I also avoid a lot of stuff that people don't like at movie theaters. Is I pick the right, I pick the right movie theaters. I have like one or two that I like. Okay. I go to the art, I go to the art house theaters where it's like a little more like, quiet in there, and I don't go on like open nights or busy nights unless it's what I want to experience. If I go to see like it or some horror movie during during like a busy weekend, sure, go see Black Panther open the weekend, sure. That's what I came for experience. I came for the talking, but like a movie, I want to go to a movie and just watch it. With me and the five other people who like are not even gonna laugh out loud when something's funny, my people, my brothers, my sisters, we, my yeah. like us, I'm yeah. going 11, 11 a.m. on a Tuesday. That's that's <laughs> <laughs> or like 1 p.m. on a Sunday, something like that. That's what I would do because I understand that going to the AMC. No, 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 don't say that AMC. I got the I got the stuff, the stubs, whatever. So we're going to AMC on a Thursday night and it's kids in there being loud and they're skipping school or whatever, or not skipping school, but their parents let them out the house and there's the floor is sticky and there's popcorn everywhere. I get that. I, but I'm like, I did so much to avoid all the bad parts of a theater that for me, it's, it's a lot easier. I go by myself. You know uh, what I mean? But, I like the group experience, but yeah. I get caught up in the, I don't know why. I don't feel this way when I go on any other shared place where people sit. But it weirds me out how like cushy the chairs are and how many people have sat in the chairs. <laughs> how does it keep yeah. cushiness? It's just I just feel like it's absorbing all of our <laughs> like sweat and all of our snacks and all just all, all of it. You know, and you see them coming in and rushing and sweeping. I'm like, you're not really sanitizing. I don't know. Maybe it's COVID kind of changed movies for me. But mm -hmm. all I see is like the last 50 people that sat in that chair and like scratched their butt. And like, that's all I see now. Well, that's why you don't sit on the bed with your, house, your outside clothes. You know what I mean? That's why. <laughs> you have outside clothes? Yeah, right? Playground clothes. Exactly. <laughs> If, I, if I'm gonna go like um, get a bunch of Ubers today, or if I'm gonna go out, or if I'm gonna go to like the movies, or do something like that, or go to like a live show, I'm taking those clothes off before I go in the bedroom. Like I'm like, like it just says I don't know, yeah. and I wonder because everybody's like movie theaters are becoming obsolete, and I wonder what like what the yeah. reason is because I know my reason, mm -hmm. I've heard your reason. <laughs> These are all valid reasons. These are all valid reasons. I mean, I get and it. I wonder like collectively what's the reason. Well, oh, also for I think like the movies come out so quick on yeah. Netflix or whatever. You just have to mm -hmm. wait like a month and you yeah. can like kick back on your couch and yeah, some stuff comes out same day. That's so true. You know what I mean? So it's like I wonder what would happen if they were like only way you can see this movie. <laughs> some do. Some of the, some it was, of them do that. right? Yeah. Some some do that. Some are like, or at least like, you have to wait until it goes out of theaters and they'll hold it off like that. Um, Disney does a lot of that stuff well, where they keep in theaters for a long time and then get them you get the hype ready for it to come out on Disney Plus and whatnot. Yeah. But it, it depends. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, but I'm a big film buff. I'll go into. Grungy. Tomorrow is going to save the theater. <laughs> <laughs> but the experience isn't always, you know what I mean? It's teenagers in there cleaning and they're, you know, they're like sweeping and they're going over here. So I, I get what people don't like it, but I just go to like the mom, again, like most everything else, like the mom and pop or smaller things um, have that, like that heart and the care there. So yeah. I would try to support those, like mm -hmm. the art house. There is one that. Yeah. For sure. Okay.
Bops, bangers, or a bust? Sparkling water. Ooh, banger. <laughs> That's my soda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> healthy soda. Yeah. I thought it's something. Yeah. I was trying to think of stuff that we didn't. Okay, so this is my turn. Okay. It's your turn. Yeah, I think it's something. Yeah, I come up with a good one, as Nisa would say. So what do you think? Um, sparkling see. water. Huh? What do you think? Sparkling water. Oh, thank you. Oh. Absolute 10 out of 10. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, if I go, I'm going to start to eat somewhere. I'm going to ask if he has sparkling water. I'm going to ask. If you got to what you go, cool. That's fine. That's that's great over here. I'll take. Amazing. (laughs) We got a soda stream. Out of control. Out of control. She went went over here. So during the pandemic, when there was a a shortage of them around us, CO2 tank. She went. She drove like an hour out of her way or something like that to go get some. Was, she was like, go. I was like, I'm not. This is, this, is, this is for you. This journey is for you. Oh, you know what I mean? This is the bonding trip. I got you. It was time. supposed to be a bonding trip. I was like, not today. I was like, you know what I mean? I literally called. There was because at the time they were only at Bed Bath and Beyond, mm-hmm. and Soda Stream has like a patented like nozzle nozzle. They basically force you to only use their CO2 tanks. Uh-huh. And they were out. And they were out for weeks at a time, leaving me stranded. <laughs> so finally, I was like, I'm going to call every single Bed Bath & Beyond in the metro Atlanta area. I respect, we were at the time. I respected the dedication and the drive. Finally, <laughs> I found one. And they were like, we have a few left, but you're going to have to come quick. And I was like, canceled all my <laughs> got in the car and they had like six left Mm -hmm. and that was the time when they were like limiting how many you could get at a time to prevent the hoarders and Mm -hmm. stuff Mm -hmm. so I went there I got like three which was like the max we could do Mm -hmm. I came home you couldn't have told me that I didn't save a baby from a newborn like (laughs) burning fire like I came home like (laughs) It was like, I've saved the day. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, did you, did you have, was there balloons and like confetti? There wasn't. What a disappointment. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I was like, because at the time I wasn't big on it. I was like, it's nice. You know, I feel much differently now. Yeah. Years later. But I was like, <sighs> wait. So it's like, I'm not. I'm comfy. I just started doing what I was doing. I was, uh, I was like, wait a minute. I don't know. I mean, I love it. We need it. I was like, yeah, that's and we didn't find it. And they didn't have it anywhere they else. Up, but, yeah. And do you still use the machine? We do need to replace our CO2 tanks now. Yeah. But we still have it. We've been in the still water vibe yeah. recently. <laughs> <laughs> as we rebuild our life on the west coast <laughs> but we just found out that is it staples staples yeah. staples oh, is it office? no staples the one of the big yeah, super, super store apparently right does the co2 refills yeah okay yeah which is, i was like completely random but mm-hmm. hey an enthusiastic staples cashier told us that it's like he could sense <laughs> yeah he worked with people, you know what I mean? <laughs> he was like, you know, you guys look like the type of people. 
Okay, we got my last one. Bops, bangers, or bus music festivals. Oh, bangers. All the way. We need a music festival recommendation for the LA area. Oh, what was that? Oh, um, a music festival recommendation. Well, it's not a festival, but I heard Lauren Hill will be in town. November. I guess that is a festival experience. <laughs> yeah. There will be a lot of waiting. Yeah. <laughs> not really. I heard that we make some wait. <laughs> I would go. I would like to go. Yeah. I'll see her sing. Um... Yeah. Is there new stuff or is it still? I have no idea. Recall there being new stuff, but I'm curious to see what she's going to uh, create. She's going to deliver to the crowd. Hmm. Okay. Along with films going to the theater, music festival was, was a big part of like the life change around 30, where it was like, am I going to just spend my whole life waiting to do something or keep imagining? It's like I can I can always make more money. I can't make more time. You know, like if, and I always felt that it was, I think the idea of knowing that I could have done something that I didn't, especially that I really wanted to do, or I didn't see a person, like, I'm glad I got to see Cuddy last year. And he eventually, he just, he just did a bunch of his old stuff, which lets me know that he doesn't like his new stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't either and i was like i don't know yeah and i was uh talking to my brothers and me and my brothers all big cutty fans we all bonded over that, that stuff and i was listening to the new album when it worked one day and i, I tried it like three four times i'm just like i don't know if this is it and yeah. what i what i hope it isn't is like i'm and i support everything he's going through because he's had a lot of success elsewhere and he's got sober and mm-hmm. he's the like the best place he's ever been and I was like, it sounded like because so many he's influenced so many people. I think that this kind of like the place where you influence people and then they do some work stuff with your sound that you maybe didn't you didn't do or you want to do, and now you're trying to incorporate that into your new sound and it sounds unfamiliar. Mm-hmm. And my brother thought they were like, "This is crazy stuff." Man. I was like, "It was a polarizing album." I was, was like, "I was like, I don't know. I like a couple songs in there, but." But I went to his live show. He played all his old stuff, like from his first couple mixtapes, and I was like, mm-hmm. "See, he don't even." <laughs> so, um, what but, was the last festival you went to? The last festival, um, say the Jazz Fest. Yeah. Yep. With the Hollywood. It's been a minute. When's it? Like, when, when is it? Um, I know in Atlanta, it's Memorial Day weekend. When's it? Is there Jazz Fest out here like, every year? I'm not sure if it's still every year. Uh, mm. I believe it is, but yeah, that was the last fest I've been to. But mm-hmm. just amazing. It's just like the energy from the. I love jazz myself, but just the energy from the crowd, and it's just yeah. like the energy. It's not overly like energetic. It's chill. It's all about wine and yeah, ease and you know just the and diversity as well. It's, yeah, that's one of my favorite things to do in Atlanta was the jazz festival. Have it every every year, Memorial weekend. They have it out there, and it's a big park. And it's just 
all the melanin coming out, people with their kids and whatnot. Yeah. Like, and everybody, everybody's grown. So everybody's got their little, their, their fans and little pairs. <laughs> and everybody's <laughs> like ready. Fans. You know what I mean? Everybody's got their spots set out and they're good. Yeah. You know what I mean? So nobody's really making no noise and no problems. There's never any violence. It's, it's, yeah. it's like all just good vibes. And beginning, and then like all the stuff that happened like around that, like you'd be walking down the street and y'all hanging out, you meet people and and then Jazz Fest is free in Atlanta too. So it was something that mm-hmm. everybody would go do. And it's yeah. It would be said. dope to do another Jazz Fest. Cause it is like you said, it's like it draws this relaxed crowd. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to like I don't know, you don't have to prepare for like dehydration. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. bad trips. Like you could just like have fun and you know, yeah. Everybody it's a came, good everybody came and drink their wine, smoke their weed. <laughs> we're, going, then we're, we're going home after this. Or they go on to, to the after hour spot. But a lot of people there with their families, and that's what makes it cool too, is that it's you know, kind of just like hang out and yeah. family event. And, Absolutely. Yeah. Some of those other ones I went to was music, uh, music midtown, which is much more like college age people, and it's a lot of more rambunctious. And then there's always somebody being chased by the police. There's always like this weird energy there. Um, but the music artists will be really, really nice and really. Good, but, I'm waiting yeah. on Afropunk to come to LA. Yeah. Ooh, that's yeah, what needs to happen. I feel like we need it. Yeah. We really, really, go. really need it. If they have it in Brooklyn, I'm like, you can have it in LA. We will band together. <laughs> and That's where it started, though. Wow. Yeah. Okay, it's my turn. Last one. Okay, we make it a good one. You promise? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Finish. <laughs> How'd you give it a hint? Uh, <laughs> maybe she's okay. finished. I don't know. Who do I think it's, <laughs> it's a lot. <bop>. No. <laughs> okay. Bob's bangers are bust. Podcasts. Oh, banger. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, I can't ever see it seen podcasts go out of fashion or you know just it's so i don't know i've always found them to be relevant mm-hmm. and it's just like a certain connection you get that mm-hmm. you can't really get any other way mm-hmm. yeah so banger for sure yeah what uh what podcast are you listening to right now top three. <laughs> oh my gosh i was just hang on i gotta look at it i was just <laughs> thinking, you know, I got, I got some too. Let me get it right. Well, yeah, I love, I always listen to Oprah Super Soul. And then mm-hmm. that is a good one. Yeah. 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 I like the spiritual, spiritual aspect of it. And then what was the one I was listening to today? It's called like Black Balance Girl, Balanced Black Girl. I can't find it. Hmm? Okay. Tell me what you guys are listening to and I'll find the name. Ooh. So truthfully, I'm subscribed to a lot more podcasts than I'm actually listening to. No disclaimer. Talk but, about what you listen to. Okay, <laughs> I'm listening to Diary of the CEO. Okay. By Stephen. I forget his last name. He mm-hmm. just like he literally has 
the name Steven on Instagram. So I'm like, I don't know who he had to pay off for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's this guy based in the UK and he does the most thoughtful, thoughtful interviews with leaders, like CEOs, um, influential people, celebrities. Mm-hmm. But it's not a celebrity podcast. It's not a how I built it. Let's talk about business. Mm-hmm. He's going into like their personal lives, like real, real. It was like, how did he find out about that? Like mm-hmm. the depth that he goes to and the guests that he gets on is mm-hmm. people that don't talk or mm-hmm. they don't talk about those things, but they'll talk about those things with him and they're long meaty conversations and you'll never get bored mm-hmm. and he's kind of a minimalist mm-hmm. in like his aesthetic and the way that he talks and he, it's very interview style it's very mm-hmm. i have a question you answer but then it's like it's always the tears and sometimes it's educational mm-hmm. like sometimes he'll bring on somebody that's like let me tell you about why breathing is the most important thing <laughs> He'll like ask almost like selfishly, like Mm -hmm. he'll share about, well, I was struggling with this. My doctor said this, what do you have to say? And and so naturally you're like, yeah, what do you have to say? You know, it's so, so engaged. I think that's like the best, like founder kind of like business owner podcast with the Mm -hmm. least boring, honestly, because it gets, it gets very boring when you're just sitting around talking about sales and marketing and operations and it's like he kind of doesn't do that but you still feel like you're learning so much right and then entertainment wise i love the friend zone Mm -hmm. the friend zone i've been listening to for like at least six years i think they've been around for almost 10 Uh and it was funny because I followed one of the hosts back mm-hmm. on Tumblr in the Tumblr days yeah. <laughs> and found out that she was on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And it's three hosts, um, Francesca and then Dustin and Asante. And they <laughs> it's a mental health and wellness podcast, mm-hmm. but it's like they've so expanded beyond that yeah. <laughs> right now. Uh-huh. And it's just like funny and engaging and you know culturally relevant and sometimes they do the way they set it up now is they each produce an episode while the other two has no idea what they're going to say and so their reactions are really really great um and every now and again they do an interview Mm -hmm. and when they do it's good Mm -hmm. it's amazing um and their Twitter following is very entertaining as well. Mm-hmm. And each episode they read comments that the fans leave, mm-hmm. which a lot of podcasts do it, but they really, I don't know. It just, you can tell they really care about the conversations that are happening around the previous episodes. And it's, it's just a really clever way to kind of recap what they talked about previously. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also featured as a commentator. <laughs> Shameless plug. Yeah. I felt that I had made it. <laughs> um, so especially because it was like an email and they like read the email and I was like <laughs> so that was really great. Um, and then the third one, there's so many. The third one, I've actually been listening to manifestation babe Mm -hmm. a lot so 
her name is Catherine Zinkina and she's, you know, as simply put, a manifestation coach. Mm-hmm. But her podcast is so good. Like she mm-hmm. kind of has no structure. It's a solo podcast. And I don't know. Every time I listen to it, she just says the thing that I need to hear at that time. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's like alignment or what because she just shows up she's like y'all i just had a baby haven't been on here for six months and then she'll dip out for like another couple weeks and she'll come back but every time there's a new episode i'm really the titles are a little misleading too because you'll think it's about that and then she touches on those things but then she'll like kind of go all over the place but i don't know it's still it's still so good and so that's another one that i keep the notifications I will add that to my list um yeah I've been trying to do like a walk jog every morning to yeah. get my mind right and so podcasts are just like the perfect thing to listen to in the morning to reset you know yeah but the um balance black girl so she's balance that girl a balanced black girl black girl yeah but she was talking about a manifestation technique where um it's right right about it's like a daily journal writing in the mm-hmm. morning where you write about the best case scenario so mm-hmm. you know, it could be as like present tense like you're living out the day but what is your best case scenario because a lot of times um you know survival we think of worst case scenario we set up mm-hmm. our so we don't get as disappointed but um I just, she was talking about that today and I'm just like, you know what, I'm going to start that like best case scenario. Cause it, you know, you, you eventually manifest, mm-hmm. you know, your, your positive thinking. Oh my God. I love that. There's a journal prop. Um, what I remember to do is like a journal. I found that when I found where it's, it's, um, it's kind of like a bullet journal where actually like your mood, how to sleep nutrition how you feeling the energy and whatnot but it asks three questions each time and one of them is what would make today great and thinking about that is you're like okay what would make today i had a good meal if it, i know i can make today great by having this one thing it just kind of puts you back into this gratitude it keeps you in that, that wavelength for that vibration to decide each day actively decide and not let the day kind of get away from you it is an attention setting so i yeah i think this makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. i love that about the best case scenario thing because my what i'm sure there's going to be a manifestation coach listening and they're going to like hop in the dms <laughs> but like what holds me back sometimes is like the future casting sometimes mm-hmm. i can't consistently do it um with all these techniques of like, like the three, six, nine method, I, mm-hmm. I just learned that term, but it's like writing out, like, is if it's happening today, what you want a year from now mm-hmm. and just being like, wow, so glad that these things worked out that you're like kind of working on. And I don't know why I have so much resistance to that, but I love this best case scenario situation because it's still, I feel like sometimes I'm like not acknowledging what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. I feel the need to do that. Like I feel the need to really kind of honor the reality of right now without being stuck in it. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of like that. What would be the best case scenario? Because 
it's like, what would be the best case scenario? Like that is a huge range without me being, without me being like wishful thinking. Right. You know, reality it's manifesting your ideal reality. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to try that. Yeah. I'm definitely going to try that. And I will report back. (laughs) (laughs) I was, I was laughing because y'all have some, really positive <laughs> podcast you're listening to. And what a, what a beautiful note to me to end on is to talk about the stuff that I listen to. Uh, the, what I listen to the most is a podcast called How Did This Get Made? And they do live, they're, they're all three comedians that live, they live out here in LA and they do, they're writers and actors and all sort of stuff. And they do a podcast each week where they Pick a bad movie, <laughs> and everyone watches it. It's a podcast, and they have a really active like group and Discord and everything, and people talk about it. And I, they, all recordings are live, like in front of a studio audience. And I went to my first one recently, like last weekend. Amazing! It was so funny. I was laughing the whole time. I had hurt from laughing so hard. It was so much fun. I met somebody in the group in the Discord, and we. He was from Dublin. He was coming in to. Um, he's from Dublin in here, and he. Got on there and we hit it off and we hung out for a while and had some stuff. I so that's what I listen to the most probably the most often. Like each week I'm like, all right, put it on first. And they talk about that movies and I'll watch the movie sometimes and they'll just talk about it and it's hilarious. Oh, and they basically talk shit. Yeah, it's just really funny. And they'll get into like how like actually how we got made and like the budget was and what it did. At the end, they'll talk about they call it second opinions, where they like, you know what we thought, but people who think differently, separate second opinions, they'll go on Amazon and five, find the five-star reviews for the movie and read those. And those are really interesting to me. will be like, this movie saved my life or this movie so-and-so. It's really like interesting stuff that comes up from that and film buff. So that's really interesting to me. Uh-huh. There is, what else I listen to? I listen to The Read with Kid Fury and Crystal. It's queer and black. Uh, a little messy. It gets deep. Very times. messy. It gets it gets deep. They talk about mental health um, a lot, and because Kid Fury deals with a lot of depression, and Crystal is in school right now to be a therapist, and so they talk about the stuff, and they read letters and whatnot, and then at the end they actually read somebody. It might be like Mitch McConnell or <laughs> Trump or something like that. And it's so um, that's why I listen to it like each week. And the best ones are when they read like a neighbor in their building. Yeah, they're like, like something like really <laughs> personal. They'll go on a rant Petty, yeah. about it, and it's so it's like a vent, like an yeah. opportunity to vent. And I do. I was like really, really heavy into the read, like when I was in the corporate world, because mm. it was just so nice to have like the black voices in my ear. Yeah, and the things they it's a it's a pop culture podcast, really. Yeah. Yeah, and then they read like letters and give bad advice. <laughs> <laughs> bad advice. Yeah, like yeah. they're like, I don't know why y'all write letters to us. Anyway, so and so's dealing with a breakup, and she wants to know. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's it fun. Yeah, and I'm fine. I don't. I don't care. Say it. So there's another one to. I found them when I was for the two months I was on TikTok before I had to get up out of there. <laughs> it was one I kept seeing was ones. It's called the Judges, and it's a, a married couple and their and their best friend, uh-huh. and they read letters from or posts from Reddit, uh, like "Am I the asshole?" or 
nice guys, um, all this other stuff, and they'll just read it and talk about it. And I listen to it every now and then. I don't say as much because it's kind of gross sometimes, just because they their energy to kind of like. But it's like when I do get into it, it's Is like it funny. Yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> sometimes it's like I, I can listen to it like all the time. Yeah. Um, but I probably listen to like podcasts. I've listened to more audiobooks than like than podcasts. Mm-hmm. And but that's probably the podcast I listen to right now. Um, besides the fantasy ones up for football I listen to during this season because I'm trying to like not lose <laughs> my fantasy league, my football fantasy league. So um yeah, that's the podcast I listen to. <laughs> Why thank you. I'm, I'll be adding those to my list. Now I have something to listen was, to. Yeah, there was a really good one um by someone named Martine Jean is black woman. It was my favorite podcast. It's uh, called The Film Bug. And the idea yeah. the whole idea about it is that kind of like cooking people have this like bug and they just like had to make film and they talked about she interviewed a lot of people and it was really interesting but it was only about 10 20 episodes and i really hope that she comes back but i don't think she will and it was like that's for my all-time favorite podcast but it doesn't it's not how it is yeah mm-hmm. oh also sisters who kill i was the i was wondering if yeah. you were going to mention that i don't listen as much anymore because i'm kind of i don't listen to as much as the I was supposed to listen to horror podcasts like every day. It was three of those. And it was Sisters Who Kill. It's two black women who talk about other uh, black women who kill uh-huh. um, and what happens to them. Uh, the No Sleep podcast, where you talk about this like little short horror stories. And then Let's Not Meet, which is... That's a scary Which one. is live, which is actual real stories from people who had kind of with a stalker or mm-hmm. they were had a weird experience with somebody and they found out later that person was actually a serial killer or the person when their dad ran into um, Ted Bundy before he started popping off, whatever. It was like those stories. It was all the like, almost, like this almost happened. Uh And it's so, that's the scariest ones. It's Mm -hmm. so real. And it's like, wow, like any one of us can be in that scenario. And it's people just writing the letters in. Yeah, And it's like everybody, every age, every race, every gender. It's like, it's not. So the crazy ones are when people write in and they're like in their 80s and they're like, I never saw my friend ever again. Like those kind of things where you're like, oh my God. Like my grandmother told me a story about so-and-so but I can't listen to as much because it throws my it's, it fucks with my energy. It will like, make you so <laughs> It's probably yeah. a good like Halloween. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Thing, but like I can barely even watch scary movies now because <laughs> I'd be at it's home. A little too real. My imagination is too is too much involved what I do now, so I can't have imagination running around with who's in the corner when it's dark. I can't. No, I. <laughs> <laughs> that was a scary. I couldn't even. You would have in the car. I'd be like, I can't listen. To it. <laughs> like, I would play it with you around. I would cut it off. But it would come on. I, I might have it on my phone and come on and be like, like pause, 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 pause. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a funny. What's I don't know if you call if you would call it um, horror or yeah. irony, but I'll I'll say it off the air. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll tell you. Um, off the air. She's gonna, we're taking it offline. <laughs> cool. Okay. So we're gonna post find you. <laughs> what are we promoting in the yeah. next week? <laughs> well, I mean, Halloween's right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Halloween is around the corner. Yeah. I'm trying to find something to do. I'm gonna figure something out. I might just go just dress up and walk around with my cut my wig. 
Um, kind of weird. Yeah. So, Chef Lenora, where can people find you, both in person and on the internet? <laughs> Um, you can find me at my restaurant, Barsha in Hermosa Beach. Um, we're at the wine bar in Manhattan Beach, Barsha Wines. Um, or just cruising around the beach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love that. I like somebody's answer. I was like, where can they find it? She was like, send another a tree. <laughs> so I was like, send, send another tree here with Sophia. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow. <laughs> or, uh, yeah, or my Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. Jeff Lenore. Yay. Well, thanks for joining us. This was so much fun. So much. It's always a pleasure to hang out with y'all and really appreciate your energies and love your vision. Wow. Yay. Best compliment ever. We'll see y'all in the next episode. Bye. Thank y'all so much for listening to this episode and rocking with us. If you really like the episode, please leave us a five-star review. Every review means so much to us. You can't wait to see